Good morning, everyone. I love that word. Was it Irene? Can you guys pronounce that? I, I struggle with Greek. I don't know about you guys. Irene. Peace. Oftentimes at, at nighttime when I uh, pray for, with my son at night, it's been a theme talking about peace and shalom. Um, and I love just saying that word shalom and the significance of what that means now to me. Isn't that cool? So I'm Pastor Rigo, um, one of the teaching pastors here at True Life Church, um, speaking this morning. So if you're new, welcome. Pastor Chris is away today with his family, so we wish him well. If he's hearing while driving, God bless you, Pastor Chris. We miss you. And don't tell him anything else I say. We're going to cut it off now. <laughs> going to cut the feed. Um, but anyway, let's pray. We'll jump right into it, okay, guys? Father God, we thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our guide. Speak to us a fresh word from heaven. Help us to have peace, Lord God, in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start off with a quick story. Uh, remember as kids, you were in school and the teacher said, all right, guys, put your imagination cap on. I, I mean, I heard it down if you guys did. So let's put on your, our imagination cap on and listen to this quick story, okay? So here's the illustration, all right? You guys like pictures? Okay. So imagine walking up a hill to a distant land, and on top of that hill is an old, dark, foreboding fortress, just like that. And as you approach the fortified walls of the castle, you sense a dread overtaking you, and you knock on the door really loud, trying to get in. And an angry voice answers, what do you want? And your answer is, what are you guarding in this horrific fortress? And the ang angry voice laughs and laughs and laughs and responds to you saying, you should know what I'm laughing at. You know what's in here. It's your mind. Behind these walls are your fears and doubts and worries and sinful thought patterns and prideful reasonings. And you have allowed us to build a wall around them. You've allowed us to build a stronghold, and we're keeping guard of it. It's every thought that you have allowed to go against God's word. We are assigned to build a stronghold around them and keep you in a state of mental imprisonment. So today, guys, we're going to talk about pulling down these strongholds in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want the devil to build a fortress around my head. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. It says here, For though we walk in the flesh or in the natural, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we are in a war, a spiritual war, and that war is fought where? In your mind. See, as, as followers of Christ, as Christians, the Bible says when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you he recreates you from the inside out. You become a new creation. Your spirit is, is saved. You're going to heaven. You have eternal life. That's wonderful. 
But our minds, we have to do something about. We are the guardians of our minds. We're to renew our minds with the word of God. And if we don't, the enemy is going to try to build a stronghold and keep you in bondage, even though you're a Christian and you're forgiven and you're going to heaven. So oftentimes, you know, we love God, we want to serve God, but we find ourselves in the state, in this pattern of either sinful habits or thought patterns that keep us in bondage. That's because over time, we've allowed the enemy to build a stronghold. So our, our warfare is not natural, it's spiritual. Okay? So what is a stronghold? In the classic, in the classic word, actually, can you go back, please? A stronghold um, is just that, a fortress. It's an old word. You guys ever seen the movie Braveheart, right? All those big fortresses. Um, when I was a kid, I went to Puerto Rico. They have a beautiful fortress in St. Juan called El Moro. And also St. Augustine, Florida, if you ever been there, these fortresses. So when the Apostle Paul was writing this, there was actually a fortress in Corinth above a hill. And he was using the illustration of walls and towers. And he's saying the enemy tries to build this encampment around sinful thought patterns over time to keep you imprisoned. That's what a stronghold is. That's why when he wrote this, that's what he was talking about. All right, so next slide. Um, so what are some mental strongholds in our lives? And we'll get into that, but this is a basic definition. Mental strongholds are ungodly thought patterns developed over time that have become ingrained in our thinking and our emotions. There are deep-rooted lies from the enemy that we believe about ourselves, others, our circumstances, and God. And there are thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So, here's the difference, guys. You're, you're always going to have negative thoughts throughout your life. It happens. It's when we allow those thoughts to dig in and, and take roots that now they're hard to overcome and you're driven by them. You're driven by these thoughts. So let's look at some examples real quick. For example, fear. Um, fear is a mental stronghold. It's yielding to real or imagined impending danger rather than trusting in God. Anybody have, here have irrational fear about something? Like, for example... Um, you hear about a, a disease coming out. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to die. What am I going to do? And you get into this state of frantic fear. Now, it's healthy. You know, when you first hear about something, you're going to sense the sense of fear, and you deal with it. But then if you allow it to overtake you, you're paralyzed by it. So that can be a stronghold in your mind. Every news you hear about something, all of a sudden, you go straight to the negative. It's going to happen to me. It's going to destroy me. Oh my gosh, what if my kid gets into the accident and things happen? And you always go to the worst, right? You hear about the, uh, your job, they're, they're going to lay off some people. You're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be me. And if they do it, I'm going to lose my house. And you, know, you go into the opposite end of the spectrum right away instead of trusting in God. Next one is anger. Uh, aggressiveness based on some perceived injustice that leads to wrath. Your reaction right away to anything that you seem is unfair, your reaction is just anger right away. You're like, why am I acting this way? And it seems unreasonable. You're driven to it. It's not like normal reaction and anger. It's just like every single time something's happening, you're like, you blow the lid. 
There's rejection. This one was big in my life. Allowing the act of abandonment to instill feelings of worthlessness. Um, and I, I actually got this from a, a man who was teaching on, on strongholds, and he was saying how, let's say in your life you grew up as a kid, your parents rejected you, you weren't loved. You have a sense of abandonment by authority figures. And over time, you have the sense of rejection. You feel that no one loves you. You're never accepted. You can be super popular, but still feel alone. And you have the self-perception that you're not wanted or you're unworthy. And you walk around that way. And it just drives your life. There's depression, overwhelmed with despair and sadness to the point of hopelessness. You allow depression to bring you to the state where you just give up. You're hopeless. You're driven by it. Not normal like highs and lows, but you're driven to depression over and over again. And then there's abuse. Perhaps you're physically, verbally abused. You're, abused, you're a victim. And that gives, uh, that gives way to anger and resentment because of the injustice done to you. So you're always angry and resentful. You haven't dealt with it. It's just embedded in you. And then finally, the, of course there's more, but there's self-hatred. Intense aversion to one's self-worth. You're unworthy of God's love. You hate yourself. You talk negative about yourself. I'm not good enough. No one loves me. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'll never get over this. It is what it is. Right? So these are thought patterns that try to be ingrained in your, in your life. Do you guys relate to that? It's often, it's really quiet here. All right. I'll do more jokes later. I'm trying to lay the foundation. Try and be serious this morning. Thank you. That was a joke, like, inadvertently. And it worked. All right. All right, so now let's talk about, and we'll get into more detail in a second. Um, there's logical strongholds. These are hard to identify because logical strongholds are made up of thoughts that make sense logically, but sometimes can allow our logic to hinder God's supernatural work in our lives. For example, in the Bible, God tells Abraham, I want you to leave everything you know, leave your family, go to a land that I will show you. That does not make logical sense. But he took the risk and walked by faith. He told the nation of Israel, after coming out of Egypt, I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm going to give you the victory in the battle. And he tells Moses, I want you to send ten spies over to spy the land. And the people go over there. Joshua and Caleb were in there. Actually, twelve spies. They go to the, to the land. God already told them, I'm going to give you this land. You know what they come back saying? We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. There's giants in there. They're going to devour us. Yeah, there's it's abundance, but we're going to get destroyed. And God says, no, I've given you the land. You can conquer those giants. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. I've given it to you. That's God's truth. They also saw a truth. There were giants in there. There was craziness in there. They, they couldn't defeat them in their own strength. That's true. That's logical. But once God's truth always supersedes your logic. You see what I'm saying? God may call you to, to do something, maybe perhaps move somewhere to start a ministry. I'm sure, uh, I remember the story of Pastor Chris when he went to California to go study film. He's, that's what he wanted to do. And he, 
He got serious about God and God called him to the ministry. He's serving, next thing you know. God says, I want you to go back. I'm sure he said, God, pump the brakes there. Doesn't make sense. This is where I want to be. In fact, I left there. I don't want to go back. So he had to supersede that logic, right, that reasoning, which is true, with God's new directive. Right? That's the walk of faith in our lives. God tells you, I want you to go to that person who's been treating you bad. I want you to ask for forgiveness. No way. Absolutely not, God. No. They have to come to me. God says, no, I want you to go and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, but it's not fair. True, seems that way, but what's tr who's true if you're going to listen to? Okay? So just because something makes sense, and God gave us an intellect, and that's awesome. We need that, right? We, we need our intellect. We, he loves science. He loves all these things. He gave us these giftings. But if you let that knowledge go above God's knowledge, it'll keep you in a spiritual stronghold. It's anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay? So there's that. Then there's the opposite side. There is irrational strongholds. These are thought patterns. And I got this from a Bible teacher named Rick Renner. He says, these are primarily have to do with completely unrealistic fears and worries. For example, such as the fear of contracting a terminal disease. You go to the doctor, they tell you something's wrong with your toe, and next thing you, all of a sudden, you know they're going to cut off my toe. It's over. Right? You get to these extremes. A fear of dying early in life, an abnormal fear of rejection, and so forth. And here's the thing, guys. These types of irrational strongholds in the mind and emotions and imaginations will normally play their course throughout your life. You're going to have those thoughts, and that's fine. It's going to go through the course of your mind, and you deal with them. But if these harassing thoughts persist in your mind and they insist on controlling you mentally and emotionally, you must deal with them straightforwardly with the truth of God's word. So you have to be able to identify what's consistent in your thought life and take inventory of what you're thinking. Think about what you're thinking about. I heard someone once say, take the time to really think about what you're thinking about throughout the day. And oftentimes you find yourself thinking negatively Angry thoughts, creating scenarios in your mind that are not true. Anybody here ever get angry when no one's present? You're just by yourself and you start thinking, you're, like literally your blood blows boils over? That's the power of your thoughts. You create this whole scenario that never even happened. And no wonder you blow up when you see the person. It's like, I fought with you five minutes ago in my head. And I won. It's true, right? What if we do the opposite? We think loving thoughts, forgiving thoughts, you know, the powers in our minds. <clears throat> now, when I first became a Christian, I, I really had a uh, poor self-image growing up. I was extremely shy, if you haven't noticed. This is a big challenge for me right now. You're supposed to laugh there. but um, I, I remember talking to my freshman science teacher, right, where I go up to her to hand an assignment, I'm talking to her, and she's like, Riga, I noticed you don't look at me in the eye. That was like my first thing, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was extremely shy, extremely self-secure. I, I found God, I, I got saved, God started helping me. I started learning about these truths. He led me to books about the battlefield of your mind and how to control your thinking and and think according to God's word, and God started changing my perception of myself. I had to break that stronghold. 
And sometimes, you know, those, those demons or whatever would try to make their way back. But when you win the victory, you're able to easily identify when they try to come back. And you can resist them. Another thing I struggle with is depression. Um, I like being depressed, to be honest with you. Because, thank, you know why? 80s love music. What, what's my thing? So any kid born in the 80s right now just laughed, right? Or grew up in the 80s, 90s. Um, I had a station where I, growing up called Kiss FM, right? So there was a block of time where they had these 80s love songs. So you get your cassette tape. These are things like you record stuff. And you put it on your stereo. You had to wait for the right moment to hit record. You know, right at the start of the song, like the moment you hear the beat, like, you know, the sound, like, that's the song. You click on it. But anyway, you would play it over and over. And I would create these scenarios like, no one loves me. No one cares for me. You know, you go to the girl to bring her flowers. And when you show up, she's with somebody else. You're like, oh, you know. And um, the, the roses drop in slow motion, and you walk away. And um, so then I, I leaned towards that. And, when, and then it got worse and worse. You know, I saw help and stuff. But it wasn't until, like, wow, a lot of this is self-inflicted. I, I got to learn how to see myself the way God sees me. His joy is my strength. So I started resisting it when I, when I started feeling these thoughts come in. I said, God, I need your help right now. I refuse to allow myself to go to this place because you have given me your joy. One of the fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I will look up every scripture on joy, and I will read them out loud until I stir myself up because your emotions are loud. Your emotions can be so loud that they block off the truth of God's word and the reality of who you are in Christ. And the more you meditate on the scriptures and declare the scriptures, it will quiet your emotions where you put them under subjection to God's word. And you become even keeled because of the word. Emotions are good, but don't let emotions dictate your life. You know what word is in emotion? Motion, up and down. Ground them with the word of God. That's your anchor. Here's some, uh, some sayings that I had. For example, no one loves me. I'm a failure. I'll never overcome this addiction. God does not love me. What if God never comes true? What would I do? These are like these thoughts that you keep having in your life. Anybody? I remember during COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty with work and, and what was going on out there. Anybody here struggle with like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And you get into this, this intense questioning which is normal, but you allow yourself to be driven by it, that could be a stronghold, okay? So the enemy, apart from our just intrusive thoughts and th things we come up ourselves, the enemy will plant thoughts for you to question also the character and integrity of God in the scriptures. Perhaps you struggle with something bad happens. We live in a fallen world. There's an enemy out there. Th bad things happen to good people. We pray, and sometimes things don't turn out the way we want them to, and then we question God's goodness. That could be something where you automatically go to questioning God's goodness and his character. Oh, it's, you blame God. It's God's fault, and it leads you away from him. That could be something. So the good news is, guys, I, I, we're, we're turning the page. That was all. You guys are like, wow, that's 80. But now we're going to turn the good news. 
is that Jesus provided us the weaponry to pull down these strongholds. And once those strongholds are broken, the peace of God, the shalom of God, will flood your heart and mind and set up his own stronghold of protection. So you guys ready for that? How do you pull down these walls in Jesus' name? First of all, in the Greek, when you read, uh, actually go back, guys. Um, definition of pulling down in the scriptures where it talks about pulling down, casting down. It means to, to literally take down, to disassemble bit by bit, to dismantle to the point where it's totally gone. Okay? In other words, pulling down the walls of the fortress around those ungodly thought patterns until they are broken down, until nothing is left, until all residue is gone and blown away by the Holy Spirit. That's what God's saying. His weaponry is so powerful that it'll break down strongholds in your mind in Jesus' name. Bit by bit, dismantle them until they crumble down like the walls of Jericho. So you can be free. Anybody here want to be free? So Ephesians 6, guys, um, just quickly, the weapons of our warfare. So God's weapons are not natural. They're spiritual. And every piece of this armor, God talks about wearing the armor of God. It's, every piece of this armor relates back to God's word, God's truth. So let's read this here. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. The enemy is an attacker. We're to resist them when he attacks. We cannot be passive in our Christian faith. Although we're saved and we're going to heaven, but we still have an enemy. He's been defeated, but Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's persistent, and he wants to take you down in your mind so you can live in defeat instead of victory. He wants you to go to heaven crawling, you know, wounded, but God wants you to go to heaven shouting and in victory. Finish the race in faith. Like the Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. They tried to kill me and stone me. I was shipwrecked. They persecuted me. They whipped me. I was in prison, but I kept moving forward. Amen? The devil took his best shot, but he overcame. I'm not going to surrender to the enemy's schemes. I'm not going to surrender to his traps. I'm going to walk in freedom in Jesus' name. I'm a Christian. I'm not a defeated Christian. Because greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. I'm different. When, I, when, when people see me, I want them to see the light of Jesus, the victory, the light of the world. And God's given us every equipment that you need to walk in victory, but you have to want it. You have to put it on. It's like those superhero movies, right? They're, they're beaten down. They want to quit. There's always that scene at the end. When they go back to that closet, they open up their suit, and they put it on. Right? For me, it's Spider-Man. For you, it could be Batman. Unless you're Superman, you're always dressed up. You know? That's where I attain to be. But God wants to give you the victory. You have to put on the armor. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Wow. There's a battle. And when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, you'll still be standing. 
maybe limping a little bit, but you're still standing. Amen? Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, that's God's word, and the body of, a body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you, you will fully be prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. What are these fiery arrows? Where does he throw these arrows at? Your mind. You need the shield of faith of God's word to resist those thoughts. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. And now that may sound simplistic. The answer to combat these lies and break these strongholds is God's word. But you have to know God's word and get it in your heart to resist the lies. All right, so next up, next scripture, it says here, <clears throat> the truth of God's word is the hammer that will dismantle the mental strongholds. It will take down every piece of the wall. Look at Jeremiah 23, 29. God says about his word, he says, it's not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You want to break those lies down? You want to gain victory in your life? You apply the word. You declare the word. You speak God's truth. And that truth in itself will break the lies of the enemy and set you free. It's a hammer. Whenever I struggled with sin or, or certain habits in my life I couldn't seem to break through, I dedicated time in that particular subject and I fed myself the word until the walls came down by the power of God and the truth of God's word. Then I built a reservoir so when I was tempted, I opened up my mouth with the sword of the spirit to combat the lies the enemy spoke to my mind. You cannot fight thoughts just with your own thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with the word of God. Regal, you're a lot, you, you're, you're, um, you'll never amount to anything. You're, you're never going to, you're, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You're a failure. I come back and I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus' name. I'm an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of my testimony. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. And then 10 minutes later, the thought comes again. You say it again. And you say it again until you renew your mind, until you break those strongholds. In Jesus' name, you are loved. You are accepted. You can have the victory in your thought life. Because that's the truth of God's word. God never promises something and then doesn't do it. He's saying you can pull it down through my word. Now, what's amazing is God says, Satan, you want to build a stronghold? I have a stronghold too. The peace of God will guard our minds. In Philippians chapter 4, you know where it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, make your request known to God, right? And then what was the outcome of that? It says here, if you can go to Philippians 4, 7, guys, if you have it. Then you will experience God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand, okay? Because your logic is going to say there's no reason for you to be at peace and during this chaos, but God's peace supersedes logical things sometimes. You, don't, you can't seem to understand why you're in such a state of peace and calmness because God is working on your behalf. That's the reason. It says here, his peace will guard, notice that, your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, that Greek word for guard, it's a military term that means to keep by guarding, to keep under guard, as with a garrison. Okay, you know what a garrison is? Like the Roman times, a garrison of soldiers. And it goes on to say, in this passage, the idea is not, the idea is not merely that of protection. God's peace doesn't only protect you. But it's an inner protection or garrisoning as by the Holy Spirit. God gets involved and he guards your heart and mind from the enemy attacks. But we have to allow him to do it. He sets up soldiers around your mind. And God builds his own stronghold to keep the enemy's thoughts at bay. They can't get through the power of the word and the Holy Spirit. It will guard your heart and mind. So you can be in a state of constant victory that even though there's, they're sieging the walls, they're trying to get in, you can push them out in Jesus' name. Because you say, God, I can't do it by myself. Set up camp in my mind. Take control of my mind, Lord. I yield my thoughts to your thoughts. I yield my life for you, Lord God. Give me victory in my thought life. God, but we have to do the input. You have to input the scriptures. Just Even if you just read it and you meditate on it, you're, you're going to encounter truth. When you encounter truth, you have to make a decision and say, I yield to this truth, and I say yes to this, this truth. And you adjust your life, you adjust your thinking, then you'll have the victory. And you cannot nullify God's truth with excuses or experiences. Take it for what it is and trust them to work it in your life. Let's look at Isaiah 60, I'm sorry, Isaiah 26.3, as we near, near close. The peace of God is a stronghold built up in godliness and the truth of God's word that expels and protects your mind from the lies of the enemy. Notice this, Isaiah 26.3 talking about God in us. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. So God will keep us in perfect peace when what? Our minds are stayed on him. He promises to protect your mind, but then we have to make a choice to keep our minds on him and his truth. He promises to keep you in perfect shalom. You have shalom in your head. Can you say that? I have shalom in my mind. God's peace will guard, his shalom will guard your minds from the attacks of the enemy and break down those strongholds. You ever get corrected like... Anybody here receive constructive criticism? Constructive criticism? 
Are you like me that sometimes you get super defensive out of nowhere? You're like, why am I getting so defensive over this? It's a stronghold. It's pride. I don't want to be corrected. That's the truth. So now I have to identify that. It's okay. We're, we're a real church. Okay. Um, it happens to all of us, right? That's an example of you have to be able to identify. And when you're confronted by somebody, a.k.a. spouse, um, <laughs> take the correction. You know, take the correction and be like, you know what? I, I was defensive. And then when you're done with all the excuses as to why you're defensive, you go a little further and you're like, why am I making excuses for it? Then you finally get to the point where like, I was wrong. And then it's all over. You can watch the movie. Everything's good. <laughs> so here's the point. Be honest with your thinking and your thought patterns and allow God to move in your life. So we're going to pray and I'm going to ask the worship team to please come, please come up. And as they do, I want to talk about how do you practically pull down strongholds? How do we practically pull down strongholds? And I trust as I'm ministering this morning, maybe perhaps the Lord is starting to speak to you of certain things in your life that you're just driven to. Again, it's not normal stuff that you encounter in your thought. You have to like push it aside. But stuff that's really driving you can't seem to overcome. Number one is ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any ungodly thought patterns and strongholds in your mind. It's okay if you guys to play a little bit while you get ready. Suspicion. For example, if I pray, Lord, reveal any thought patterns in my mind. An example would be like, God, am I a suspicious person? If, if, my, if, I, if my spouse is late or something, do I automatically go in my mind, oh my gosh, they're, they're cheating on me, they're doing something. Are you suspicious? Um, when you walk through your boss's office with somebody else and you're walking through it and the door's locked, do you think, oh my gosh, they're talking about me? I know they're talking about me. That could be a stronghold of rejection. Uh, I talked about constructive criticism. Ask God specific questions. You know, during our time of worship in a few minutes, ask God, God, is there anything in my life that's a stronghold? And if so, help me pull those thoughts down. Why do I get angry so easily? Why, why am I so defensive? Why am I driven to, to this addiction? Why am I always the sense of bitterness and hatred in my life? Am I accepting intrusive thoughts as my own? Just because you have a thought does not mean that's your thought. You can resist it. The enemy will put crazy thoughts in your life like, where did, that, where did that come from? Just resist those thoughts. Remember, you can only, the enemy can only build a stronghold in thoughts that you invite in and keep in and consistently think about. Number two, once you identify those things, Humble yourself before God and admit that you have these thoughts. Repent. Turn away from them. Receive his forgiveness and power to be set free. Ask him to saturate your mind with his peace and drive those thoughts away by his word. 
We have to do something about it too. We have to resist them with God's word. Replace every lie with God's truth. Memorize scriptures. Like I said before, if you have thoughts like I'm a failure, you can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die young, you can say no, with long life will he satisfy me, Psalm 91. I will live and not die and declare the works of God. I'll never overcome this. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You persist in the truth, and the truth will set you free. Through prayer and trusting the Lord, let peace guard your heart and mind. Keep God in your, in your thought life, in your, in your consciousness. Throughout the day at work, I take moment, moments to just think about God and just love on him. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're here. I'm about to have this difficult meeting with this person. Help me to walk in love. Help me to, to, to be stern yet loving. Let me not take offense of their complaints. It's practical stuff like that. God, I'm pulling up into the house right now. Help me to be sensitive uh, to the needs of, of my spouse right now. Right? And finally, be vigilant and continue to resist every thought. Take it captive. In the scripture we just read, 2 Corinthians 10 at the, at the end, it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You take that thought, you imprison it with the power of God's truth, and you take it captive and cast it out of your thoughts. So my prayer today, we can stand, guys. Let's please stand as we get in a posture of receiving from God, breakthrough in, in our thought life. God's going to deliver us and help us this morning. Surrender those thoughts to God. Take authority over them in Jesus' name. And as we sing now, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. We're going to pray that God breaks these strongholds. If you encounter these types of strongholds, say them before God and say, God, help me. Right? You know, what's awesome now in our Bible apps, if, if it's a specific issue, find scriptures around that issue. If it's anger, if it's unforgiveness, you find scriptures around those things and start quoting them and meditating on them and speaking them and reading them. It's going to renew your mind so that, when, again, when you're tempted, you have a reservoir of God's word to combat these negative thoughts. And if the enemy has tried to attach himself to those strongholds, I'm going to pray that God breaks the power of Satan over your life and set you free. Amen? So let's pray. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over all demonic strongholds in Jesus' name in this room, Lord. Any stronghold, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and I break its power. I break the power of fear, of depression, of rejection, of self-hatred, in Jesus' name of suicide in the name of Jesus, of addiction to drugs, Lord God. I break its power now in the name of Jesus. And I loose your freedom, Lord, in their minds. Holy Spirit, we surrender our thought life to you. I speak shalom to our thoughts. I speak shalom, peace, wholeness to our thoughts in Jesus' name, to our minds. Set that guard, Lord, around our hearts and around our minds in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your freedom. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name. And as we worship, continue to ask the Lord to reveal things to you. Humble yourself before him. 
and he will set you free. And going forward, use the word, use the truth to combat the lies of the enemy and break down those strongholds. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Thank you.